Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, we are in the midst of the FedEx Cup playoffs. This week, it's the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields in Chicago. But Elk, before we get onto that... What about Lucas Glover? Back-to-back wins. He won the Wyndham. Then he won the FedEx St. Jude Championship. And before the Wyndham, he was 112th in the FedEx Cup rankings. He has now propelled himself all the way up to number four. Like, what a run of form for Lucas Glover. It's unbelievable. We were talking on the show last week. We did a highlight, Diane, as you remember, between Scotty Scheffler, who is ranked approximately 60th in the field in putting. And and Lucas Glover found himself now also ranked in the tops in the 60th area in putting. And we talked about which one is more confident, which one would win a putting contest between Scheffler, arguably one of the, the top player in the world, and Lucas Glover. And almost everyone I talked to last week said, well, Lucas Glover would win a putting contest right now against uh, Scotty Scheffler. And he did it again. I mean, all those um, yips that he had with the short putter, now he's gone to a long one. I talked to my friend Jeff Mangum, putting expert. All that rewiring, it doesn't transfer up into this area. So he doesn't have all that scar tissue that he dealt with for all those years. And Lucas Glover has always been regarded as one of the superior ball strikers. Always putting, chipping, mental game, let him down, mainly because of the yips caused a big mental problem, and rightly so. However, it looks to me now that it's not a big deal with him. He's very calm on the greens. Yes, he's making a lot of putts, but not crazy. If you look at it, he hardly misses a fairway, hardly misses a green. He's playing better tee to green than almost anyone out there, and the putting's just sort of doing what, the top players do. They just don't make tons of mistakes with the putter. And the confidence. I mean, as you say, this guy battled the putting yips for years. They showed a clip on the coverage on Sunday of his putting from years ago. I don't know what year it was, but he moved the putter so much he almost missed the ball. 
And like, it's wild to think that this only happened before the rocket mortgage in Detroit. And when you look at the results since then, he finished fourth at the rocket mortgage, then sixth at the John Deere, fifth at the Barbasol, fifth at the Barracuda, missed the cut at the 3M Open, came back and won the Wyndham, and then won the FedEx St. Jude, the first playoff event. So for Lucas Glover, I mean, it's... Um, the, I loved Amanda Balionis, uh, Amanda Reiner on the coverage had asked, like if I had said to you at the start of June that you were going to go back-to-back -back wins and be up at number four heading into the BMW Championship, what would you have said? And he was like, I would have paid for a therapist. <laughs> like, you needed help. Um, so just a incredible transformation for him. You know, a life-changing stretch. Not quite life-changing because he is a U.S. Open champion, so he's dealt with the top of the mountain before, Diane. So I think that's one of the things that's kept him so calm the last two weeks. He is such a gifted player. He just had this yeah. one really poor category in his game, putting that was just almost, you know, bankrupted his potential playing on tour, almost got him off tour. But, you know, as I said, Lucas Glover, being given an opportunity, Diane, came from outside of the FedEx Cup completely into yeah. uh, after Greensboro and now finds himself sandwiched right up behind the big three, we're calling it, Ram, Scheffler and Rory at number four in the FedEx Cup with a real chance to take home $18 million right. in a couple of weeks. Well, that's what I meant by life-changing in that he's won close to $5 million in the last two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's the money in itself in the last two weeks. That that changes your day-to-day -day life. There's no way around that. And the position that he's in right now, as you say, there's this uh, huge chunk of change up for grabs at the Tour Championship next week. Um, where I've, you know, our producer has just given me a great stat here that he's the only one in the top 50 that played the Barracuda. We know that the Barracuda was the alternate field event opposite the Open. You know, Lucas Glover didn't even get in the Open and that was only last month. Never played a major championship this year and now is poised possibly. Zach Johnson, can we throw up a Ryder yeah. Cup up-to-the-date picture here and let's see where Lucas Glover now sits there at number 16. Wow. As I said to you, Diane, uh, last week when there was so much talk of Justin Thomas, and by the way, this playoff, this whole playoff, Diane, I played the tour for 30 years. I am not a fan. We'll talk about it a little bit more. <laughs> it's just completely, uh, it's so hard to run a story around some of these guys. I think Lucas Glover, in a certain sense, is saving things so far. However, yeah. I said to you last week that Justin Thomas will now fade out of the picture. He may not. Uh, he may have some kind of a, a, a deal with Zach Johnson or, or Zach has an idea that he wants him on the team. But Lucas Glover right there at number 16, Diane, I mean, would you dare not put him in front of Cam Young, who is number 50th in putting this week out of 50 guys playing this yeah. week at the BMW? Which well, one would you want on your Ryder Cup team currently? I said this last week that I would pick Justin Thomas over Cameron Young. But then you have Lucas Glover in the equation. And the, well, you know, I was doing some research on this. And we have Brooks Kepka 
as the only live guy who's on that list because uh, he's only on the he's the only guy that's automatic but there should be some yeah. other well, live players considered here that's what i mean like if you had to pick it see it was a toss up between Bryce and DeChambeau, who just shot 58 the other week and Lucas Glover who's just gone back to back and who knows what he's going to do this week and next week who would be your pick for the team yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, um, Zach Johnson has the most amount of picks of any person. I mean, this guy, if he can't pick a winning team, Diane, I hate to say it because you're on the receiving end of the European side. If he can't pick a team out of this 30 guys or 22 guys that he's got to pick from, it's ridiculous how stacked the U.S. team is or potentially to be able to put these teams together. Yes, there is some form required there is some pairings that are important but look there's some inform uh u.s players diane currently yeah well i saw something very interesting on twitter that i love today because brian Harmon is obviously going to be an addition to the u.s Ryder cup team for the first time and someone made a great point that they were trying to picture who brian Harmon would play with um and maybe lucas glover is that guy I would think, you know, Brian Harmon could pretty much, after we saw his performance at the Open, he's a putting and chipping master. Mm -hmm. So could he play with a Bryson DeChambeau who smashes it down there a long way and gets up and down uh, crazy? That would be interesting. I think, you know, there's there's, there's a couple of storylines in the, in the Ryder Cup, Diane. There's sort of who's going to win it. We all, we're all very interested in that. But also these pairings and how they fit together and is it is that exciting in its own right as well of course we know justin thomas and and jordan spieth were been friends since they were little kids and they played well together, a lot of passion and all that but it doesn't matter if the guy's not playing any good you've got to play you got to play good as well yeah yeah okay then well this is the final week that Ryder cup points are allocated and then after the tour championship of course we're going to find out who has made both of those teams um, and yeah, it's the, the European team, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of the Euro guys this week for the BMW for sure. And you've got Rory, obviously, finished third last week as well. John Ram didn't have a great week last week, but is still number one in the FedEx Cup standings. And then you go down that list. I mean, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, we know, like, um, when you look at the world ranking points, a lot of these guys are going to be automatically in the team as well. Obviously, Victor Hovland. Um, but it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be um, interesting to see who those extra guys are that are slotted in and why, you know, what, what the reasoning is behind it. Yeah, that's a tough look right there, what I'm looking at right there, because I don't know all those guys. And if I don't know them, nobody knows them. So... It's going to be a young team. Could they do it? Could they pull it off and get everyone in Italy behind them? Yeah. I don't know. They're way <laughs> behind in, in the bookies, I would think, right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And we all said that last year at Whistling Straits on the Sunday when it turned into a demolition of the <laughs> European team. And you had said to me on the phone, you guys are going to have a tough time in two years in Italy. That's what we have on our side is the fact that we're playing on home soil. But, um, don't yeah. I don't want it to be that way for you, Diane, but you've lived a long stretch of your all your great players starting at the top with Poulter and Garcia and Westwood, 
all those guys. And before them was, you know, Sebi and Olafabo and Faldo and Woosnam and Sandy Lyle. They're going to have runs, but right now, currently, as you know as well as anyone in sports, there's a run of American dominance in on paper currently and probably in the world rankings. And you've got a bunch of youth that's coming along. Good opportunity for the for the young Europeans, but right now it's stacked in, in the wrong, wrong direction, direction right now for you in Italy. It's going to be a good opportunity for Robert McIntyre. He's going to be representing my home country, so I'm going to be right behind that. Um, okay, well, let's get on and talk about the FedEx Cup playoffs because we have three events. It was top 70. This week's the top 50 for the BMW Championship. And then the top 30 make it to Eastlake to play in the Tour Championship next week. FedEx Cup points are quadrupled. And whoever makes it into the top 30, obviously there's all the perks that go with that. Um, last place is guaranteed half a million. So big money. There's a huge incentive to make it into the top 30. You know, obviously you get to play in the Masters, the Open, the US Open. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to play the PGA as well. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a big one. And last week, we saw a big movement from Hideki Matsuyama and Cam Davis, who moved from outside the top 50 in to play this week. And you had picked Cam Davis as your guy who was going to make that move, and he did it. He did indeed, Diane. And I'm going to pick him again, uh, early pick here, as he's outside of the top 30 currently to go into the top 30. But, you know, I must say, I'm not that overly, you know, thrilled with this playoff format, Diane. Last week we saw, you know, the one, two, and three player. Rory played well, but, you know, uh, Scheffler and, and Ram both both way down the bottom of the field. They didn't even lose any spots. Not much volatility. The only seven players moved in and out of the top 50. I mm-hmm. predict this week, Diane, 1,550 points is what you're looking for to advance into the top 30, there will only be very small action. I, I'm not I'm not very impressed with this point system. I sort of feel like, look, let's just get to the top 30. Show me the show me the tour championship. Show me who's winning. But now we've we've shrunk the field to 50 this week. All eyes will be on uh, from 25th to 35th. That's where there's going to be a little bit of action. Everybody that's already in the top 18 is safe. They've already got 1,550 points. They're going to make it. So they all know that. So what are we looking at? Last week was a bit of a yawner for the course. Great story with uh, Lucas Glover, you know, birding the last hole and then, you know, knocking out Cantlay, the, one of the top players on the whole PGA Tour. This week, we go into a different style golf course. I'm yeah. sort of thinking, whew. I'm glad we're going to a really top course, Diane, because we need we need something to spice this up. Yeah, I'm, not I, trying, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, a doomsday guy here, but I am pretty. This is pretty boring. I don't I don't care how many stats the CBS can put up, Diane. There's just not enough volatility for me in this playoffs. What What do you see? I agree with you that I, there's not enough volatility. I wish there were more, um, and. You know me, I love the storylines and I really enjoyed the storylines from the Wyndham when guys were trying to get into the top 70 as opposed to the 125. And the 125 have got until the end of the calendar year to lock up their full tour cards for next year. So I love that. 
And then this week, okay, yeah, I was watching it and I love the Lucas Glover storyline, obviously. It's great. And to see Patrick Cantley, who is one of these guys that just, you know, like Rory, comes alive at this time of year and loves the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's won the last two BMW championships. Um, and yes, you know, seeing Matsuyama and Cam Davis, who you had picked, that's exciting because I wanted to see them get into the 50. But yeah, I'm like, can we get there already? Can we get to the Tour Championship? And thank goodness that we're going to have a super tough course this week in Olympia Fields. And it's the second time it's hosted the BMW when it hosted in 2020. Remember, we had that great drama between John Ram and Dustin Johnson, and it was like blow for blow. And DJ made a long putt to take it to the playoff, and then Ram made a 60-something footer to win, and... It was just an amazing ending. They were both at four under par for the week to make it to the playoff. So we know that the scoring is going to be high. Only five players broke par for the week. Mark Leishman was 30 over at the end of Sunday. So that paints a picture of how this course is going to play. And um, I agree with you. I'm, I, this, you're not going to agree with me and I don't mean it literally. But the course kind of has a major feel to it this week. And yeah. okay, the, the the tournament itself and where we're at with the numbers doesn't. But the anticipation around the course has a kind of US Open PGA feel to it. Yeah, and you know, the, the field average at, at Olympia Fields was seven over. So, you know, as a player, when you're going to a tournament like this, Diane, that it's going to be tough. And what mm -hmm. makes it tough? You know, you've Olympia Fields, you've got to hit the fairway. Otherwise, you're going to make a bogey. There's all these drop-offs over different little cliffs and certain things on this course, dog legs, where you just literally can't play the course. And we saw two of the most dominant drivers of the golf ball in a playoff here two years ago. Talking about Dustin Johnson, power fade. John Rahm, power fade. Tony Finnau was right there. Another bunch of long hitters. Joaquin Neiman was right there, power fade. So what does that tell me? It tells me, okay, I'm I'm looking at the power fade. You know how much I've been on John Rahm all year. I'm probably not going to be off him. I'm giving you a tip here a couple of minutes before I give you my tip. I probably can't get off John Rahm. I still think he has. I know he hasn't won the FedEx Cup. This yeah. time, such a yawner because 18 of the guys in the top 30 are already in it. And I just saw last week that Rahm and Scheffler played rubbish and they didn't even move off one and two. Okay. We got Glover right up there behind him. He got 2,000 points. But if if Rahm wins this week or Scheffler plays well, Scheffler's not putting well, and that's that's a fact. Um, he's 56. Sorry, he's 46 out of 50 guys in putting. Rory McIlroy is not too far behind him. But, Rory, I told you last week, Rory's the most dangerous FedEx mm -hmm. Cup player because he knows how to win this. He knows how to position himself. He did it again last week. He's got a basically a hook stroke, putting stroke. Looks terrible. And if I was on tour and I went over to look at it, I can just tell you he's not putting well and he's got a hook stroke. But he, there he was again, third place, Rory McIlroy. He knows what he's doing. I'm not mm -hmm. picking him this week. But this tournament, Olympia Fields, is a very, very difficult task indeed one under per day was the playoff two years ago i anticipate yeah. talk to my sources anticipate similar type of scoring this week plenty of rough fast greens all that 
So what's going to happen? Not much, in my opinion, but we are here to tell you what we think is going to happen as this week. And then with the course, I love the fact that the opening hole is a par five and it's the easiest hole on the course. And then the hardest hole on the course is the 18th. So it's like, I think the scoring average for the first and the second hole were below par and everything else was above par pretty much, um, apart from maybe one or two holes that were slightly under par. So yeah, and 18 playing as a, well, in 2020, it definitely played as the toughest. So we're going to have a lot of drama. Um, eight holes have water on them, 91 bunkers on the course. <laughs> so that's going to be um, the biggest defence. And actually in 2020, the Greens were ranked as the second toughest on tour for that year. So... Slopey pitch greens from back to front, mm -hmm. hard approach shots. So driving is super premium and long driving, straight driving, as we saw with Ram and DJ, two power faders, yeah. all very straight. Yeah. I've left out Scheffler. I've left out talking about Rory. I mean, Fleetwood is playing really well. Fleetwood's number eight putter on the PGA Tour. He's ranked eight this week in putting, but it never seems like Fleetwood makes a putt. And he was right there again last week. We've been working with Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon's given him his blessing. He said, look, son, you're hitting the ball as good as anyone out there. What is it going to take? I know Fleetwood's not on your board, Diane. Can Fleetwood do anything? What What is going on with Fleetwood? And if he's going to no. win a couple points, he's going to have to make some putts eventually. I um, I almost picked him and I had everything written out. I liked, I need to write out my arguments for why I'm picking these guys. And I was between two and I had Fleetwood written out and then I eventually went with the other guy. But we'll talk about him, obviously. Um, because I've picked him so much, it's not just putting, it's Sunday. <laughs> like, come on. So we had, what, a 26-footer on 18 on Sunday to make it to the playoff and it, it just missed it. And it was just, the, it's been the story for him. I mean, he's been top 10 in five of his last six starts. Um He's played well at the last two BMW championships. He's had a, a T8 and a T11. So up to number 10 in the FedEx Cup standings. It's all great for Fleetwood, but it's the putting woes and it feels like they're just amplified on a Sunday and it's crossing that line. Um, I saw a great stat today. I can't remember the exact amount. I can look it up, but he's won the most money on tour without a win. <laughs> Yeah. And it's still wild to think that Tommy Fleetwood has not won on the PGA Tour. As good as he plays, there's some outside pressure now um, from himself, I think, now. He could have, should have won, should have voted the last hole in regulation in Canada. Uh, Nick Taylor, of course, home, homegrown favourite there in Canada, knocked him out there in the playoff time with a 50-footer. Um, you know... I'm not even sure this should be called the playoffs. What are they playing off? There is no playoff. Uh, you are rewarded so much, Diane. The tour is rewarding the play during the year so much that you almost yeah. can't be knocked out. And we saw that last week with Ram and Scheffler. They did not move off one and two, and they played terrible last week. We saw one guy jump up, and that was the winner, uh, Lucas Glover, who jumped up into the fourth position. But... You know, this system is rewarding the guys that play well during the year. You know, when you think of a playoffs and you think of football and the 16th seed plays the first and they knock them out, yeah. they knock 
there's no knockout here. We're not knocking out anybody. 18 guys yeah. going right through, no worries. Next week, top 18, they've already got their points. So mm -hmm. very little churn rate. I don't like this system. We're going to have to get on this call next week, and we're going to have to explain to you a whole nother system because the winner, uh, the leader of this point race at the end of this week gets a handicap. He has he goes into the last event with a handicap over everybody else. So that's a whole nother story. And and then maybe what we should do, because we are gonna have a little bit of a break, we've got a few things to, to discuss. Maybe we should think like what's the alternative? So should it be that at the end of the regular season that if you have made it into the top seventy, then everything's zero. Like everyone's on a level playing field for the three playoff events. Like is that a fair way to do it? Well, the only way you could do it is if if John Rahm and Scheffler and Rory were up top and then you were 70th and you had actually like football and you had to play them in a match, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's that's fair either because they I'm not sure it is or not. I don't know. I mean, they've changed this system so many times. Um, I don't know if that's, if that's fair, an 18-hole knockout for the whole show. Yeah. Uh, well... Let's think about it, you know, and it's a show that we can do, and I'm sure oh, my job. people have their opinions. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad it's not yeah. Okay, right. Well, let's get into our picks. Um, Patrick Cantley, another one that we kind of mentioned in passing there, but he lost in the playoff to Lucas Clover. Cantley has won the last two BMW championships, obviously won the FedEx Cup two years Different ago as well. Course. This one, of Different. course, yeah. Yep, um, but he's going for the, the BMW three-peat. And last time the BMW was held here, as we said, in 2020, it was John Ram who was the winner. So let's get into our picks. We'll do an outright favorite, a one to watch, and then a dark horse. My odds are like all over the place this the week. Dark My horse, there's no such thing as a dark horse. And this one is I someone that's outside the top 30 that we want to see jump in. Yes, and I actually, my guy's 80 to 1, so he's not 100 miles off. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. Okay, good. Yeah, oh my gosh, we're not the same guy. <laughs> no, no, no. You, 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 you're good. Okay, right, well, let's start. Do you want to kick off since you've kind yeah, of like already, already. you know, said that, you know, I'm going with the, the most powerful fade in the game, and it's John Rahm. He won on this course two years ago. Um you know, he's been great all year, Masters, Kapalua, just so solid. I mean, the yeah. guy owns top golf stock. I mean, give me a break. I mean, I mean, the guy's so rich, it's unreal. I love it. Um, <laughs> I think he just did that kind. I think they announced that he owns top golf stock. That's kind of cool. Hey, I own part of that. Um, John Rahm, of course, is going to be back on his game this week. Diane, he hits that superpower fade. He is so pissed off with himself that he played poorly in Memphis and yeah. he is the, if you rank people's games, you know, someone said, well, what do you think about Jordan speed? How do you rank his game? Well, the first thing I rank is not his swing, not his this, that, or the other. Probably first thing I rank is what do you, what does he have inside of him? That's probably number yeah. one with Jordan speed. And number two might be his chipping. Um, number three might be his attitude. But when I think about John Rahm, Number one would be his competitiveness, and I think that would that that he's easy to pull for, and mm -hmm. um, in my in my opinion, and he, of course he has the game to back it up. He has all of all the tools needed. He's just had an off week. He had four weeks off before last week, so a little rusty. Second at the Open Championship behind Brian Harmon, going back to a place is very difficult. 
uh, a major champion, U.S. Open champion, master champion. It's natural for me, Diane, to take the guy that I think is going to win the whole show. So you can just put me down for John Rahm probably this week and next week. And you have taken him since the very start of the year. So as you say, why stop? And, you know, you talk about all that, the money and the power and just the superstardom. His wife still makes him sandwiches when he goes out and competes every round. And if he could have one thing on the whole PGA Tour, it's a toilet on each hole. <laughs> that's, that's My it. wife last week, she used to make the sandwiches for me, so that she was first. Okay. That's I love it. Okay, so you're taking John Ram, who's um, third favourite um, at the top of the odds board, 9-1 to one this week, with only Scheffler and Rory ahead of him, as you would expect. I... Those two guys are not putting well at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. And by okay. the way, not to throw another wrench into the whole fire, <laughs> whole thing that I don't like about the playoffs. Does it even matter if Ram finishes third this week or second, and the other two? Because it's not going to matter until next week anyway. That's what we're talking about. Are we actually yeah. trying to handicap this week the FedEx Cup champ, or we're we doing it for this second week of the playoffs? Yes, we are. But it feels like we're sort of starting to rank our way towards the FedEx Cup champ here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Right, so John Ram is your pick. We talked about Tommy Fleetwood. I said I was on a seesaw. I was a balancing act between Fleetwood and one other. And I've been on Fleetwood so much. And I hope he wins this week. I really do. But I'm going to pick Max Homa as my outright favourite this week. Now, when you look at players who are training in the right direction, and that's what we do, and this is such a pivotal point in the season. Homa's the guy. He's just finished 21st, 12th, 10th and 6th in his last four starts. So there's your trend right there. Um, I was looking last week in Memphis. He gained strokes in all areas of his game. Um, and he is still within the top 10 in the FedEx Cup standings. I think he dropped like two places. But he's eighth in strokes gain total for the season. And, I mean, look at that. Best stat for the field this week. He's fifth in strokes gained putting. His worst stat, right, I see that, that it's off the tee. And off the tee is going to be a big one because when I looked at the 2020 stats, the, like, top four guys were all within the top ten off the tee. But in 2020 was in the top top six in yeah. drive for the week, but, yes. You know, so looking at that, that is season long. But he has potential, though. He's... We saw what he did at Riviera. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, well, that, and, but if you look at his last six events, he's gained almost five strokes on the field off the tee. So that part of his game is good right now. And, and you mentioned Riviera. He won, won at Torrey Pines. We know we've got a tough course this week, and Homa has played well and won on tough courses before. So... I really like it. He played great last week, as I said, and finished sixth. And at 25 to one, I am going to take Max as my outright favorite this week. I don't blame you. Uh, Honma has okay. been in the doldrums for most of the summer. And I think I would attribute to that to two things. One would be he had a great uh, start to the season, wins, and then he had a baby. And nobody knows more about babies than you. And there's a lot that comes with it. It's just your time gets spread out. But it seems now that Hanma, his uh, his life is aligned in a certain way where his golf uh, is coming back around into the picture uh, right at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
yeah, has a lot your to, life. Family has a lot to do with true oh. success. And I've I've seen that his son Cam has been traveling with them, and they've been all over the place. And you know, you get in a rhythm. I think our sons are only a couple of days apart, so we're in a good rhythm now too. So it's my anniversary. I was text twice yesterday. My anniversary of my of my PGA victory was 28 years ago yesterday. Wow. So I knew I was having a good day yesterday until I, oh. I and I was really having a good day. That's so great. And the highlight of that day was, and I went into my workshop and uh, saw the trophy with uh, my daughter, Annie, who's now going to have a baby. Uh, <laughs> she was a baby. So there you go. You're going to be Grandpa Elk. I, I cannot wait for this. There's it's no doubt. So, so good. Okay, then. So outright winners this week, you're taking John Ram at 9 to 1. I have Max Homa at 25 to 1. So ones to watch, guys with slightly higher odds. I know that yours is going to be higher, obviously. My guy's 35 to 1 this week. I thought he was going to be higher, I'll be honest, but I'm going to roll well, with him at 31. Lay it on me. Lay the story on it. On okay. Me. So I've got a guy here who was outside the top 50 last week. He went from 57 to 47. And he returns to a course that he played well at in 2020 when he finished in a tie for third. I'm going with Hideki Matsuyama at what, 35 to 1, 30 to 1, round about there. So that's quite nice. But yeah, as we said, two guys moved in to the top 50 and Matsuyama was one of them. Um, he's had a really volatile season on the greens and you can see that. Worst stat, he's 45th out of 50 guys in strokes gained putting this week. But it was better last week. And his off the tee numbers and approach stats have remain strong you know look at that as well strokes gain around the green he's fifth in the field this week tee to green last week he was second and he was third in total putts so that was really encouraging to me as to where his game is right now bearing in mind he played well last week and made that big jump when he had to so I'm kind of going off the Adam Scott model from last year. Remember, I picked Adam Scott to do well at the Wyndham and get into the playoffs and then make it all the way to the end, and he did. So maybe Hideki's going to be my Adam Scott from last year, and um, he can make the jump into the top 30 this week with a really, really good performance. So Hideki Matsuyama, 30-1. to 1. I'm going to take him as my one to watch. Yeah, whenever I think of Matsuyama, I think, of course, Masters champion. Yeah. Our producer is Japanese, and, and I know I've been to Japan many times with him included. And I know the three biggest tournaments in J in Japan ever, he's won them. Hideki, yeah. he won the Masters, and then he won the Hawaiian Open where he hit that towering three-wood in the playoff that landed like two feet from the pin. And then he won the Zozo over there where he hit another three-wood on the towering three-wood into the last hole and made another eagle to win that. Matsuyama's all about rhythm and his pause at the top of his swing and sort of getting in that mode of greens in reg and driving it straight and then putting okay. He's sort mm. of the Scotty Scheffler before Scotty Scheffler was. We all didn't realize that Scotty Scheffler was so good. Tee to green. Yeah. Works crazy and he's all over the show. But it took a year of all of us watching Scheffler to realize two things. One, He's unreal from tee to green. He's first in green, first in driving, first in 
uh, approach, first in chipping, uh, but very average in putting. And there he is at the top of the board, one or two player in the world, okay? Same thing with Matsuyama. He hasn't quite had sustained it as long as Scheffler, but it took us a long time to realize that sort of that model was emerging, which is excellent, uh, you know, tee to green game like Matsuyama, average putting. When mm-hmm. Matsuyama gets it going on the greens, then we're talking about the trophies. Anyway, my my player, I'm not I'm not taking a flyer here. I'm by no means. I'm serious about this pick, but I'm looking for someone that has a little in the tank. And this man has played good all year. Um, power fade. I'm looking for the Dustin Johnson, John Rahm model up here at Olympia, Hill, Olympia Field. Someone that hits the ball left to right and far, naturally. Um, almost was right there at the PGA. Played good at the U.S. Open. Near the final group at the Masters. Won Memorial. Played good at the British Open. I'm talking about Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland still has tons in the tank. Tom Watson, years ago, sort of didn't win. He was didn't win, didn't win. They sort of labeled him as a guy who wouldn't gonna, wasn't going to win. I don't know if Hovland's going to finish up like Tom Watson, but I think, I think Hovland's going to keep coming. You know, when he was at Oklahoma State and he was in there with Matthew Wolf, Matthew Wolf got all the accolades, even though Hovland won the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. But Hovland was a underneath Wolf. Well, now that's all, that's all flipped. Hovland's a star. Wolf's still good, but he's had all kind of other things to talk about. I'm picking Hovland this week, Diane. He could win this tournament, get 2,000 points, and he could win the FedEx Cup easy. He's that good a player. He's been in the heat for a year, not worried about the heat. He can handle it. I like it. Yeah, great pick. So you're taking Victor Hovland at 16 to 1, and I have Hideki Matsuyama at 30 to 1. Okay, a dark horse. It's hard to call them that this week. Well, we'll um, call it someone that's out that wants to be I'm, in. I'm coming in. Um, I'll start with mine because you just said Hovland's still got a lot in the tank. My biggest worry with this guy is that he is going to be fatigued and running out of juice in the tank because he's played a lot. And he's played well. Um, so there's been a lot of highs for this guy. And he is he not within the... I hurt my knee when he started uh, playing. And my knee's better already. So that's how far yeah. back <laughs> your pick is. So he's, four, <laughs> he's been playing a lot. He's 43rd in the FedEx Cup standings right now. So obviously he has to have a great week to move into the top, top 30. Six. Top six finish. He needs top six. Your and my player has to get probably top five or six to get okay. him 1,550 points. Okay. Well, I am taking JT Poston. <laughs> we, we picked him every week, but with, you know, for very good reason. He's been playing so well right now. Look at JT up to 40th in the world, which is great. 60 to 1. I actually found him at 18 to 1. Um, no, 18, 80 to 1. I'm looking, he's made 18 cuts this season. Um, but here's what I love about JT. Yes, he's played a lot lately, but his game's been very solid. Four top sevens in his last six starts. He finished 25th in Memphis last week. And we've talked about off the tis worst stat, how good everything else is in his game. Uh, approach, in putting, 
he's dialed in right now. He knows what's on the line this week. So if there was ever a week where he knows that here's the area that I have to improve on if I want to make it into the top 30, it's that off the tee stat. So we're, we're maybe pushing it a little bit with JT Poston this week, but come on, if he has one more good week this week and then a, you know, obviously puts him in a great position to play at Eastlake and gets all the benefits that come with that. So I'm going to keep going with him and take him anywhere between 60 and 80 to 1 JT Poston this week. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're having a bit of fun with these picks uh, of guys that are outside jumping in. We already talked about that the focus this week, and you'll see it on CBS this week, is going to be between 25th and 35th. There's yeah. not going to be any volatility at all. The points, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. And that's the way it is. Um, I'm picking Cam Davis. I, I predicted he would go from outside to inside last week. He was 65th starting last week, and he now he jumped into 40 fourth or fifth probably on your board right there i'm his best stat is driving he's a great swinger of the club i'm going to just keep riding cam davis i think he's got some uh skills diane he wants to show off and he would have to have another great he finished six last week in memphis i'm looking for cam davis from outside to jump in uh as i said there's only going to be about three players outside of the top 30 that jump in and three that are in they're going to go out uh, that's just the way it is with the points on this, on the way that the tour has got this set up. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, it's going to be a great week. I'm looking forward really to seeing this golf course. I Me love too. seeing courses that are so hard. I love seeing these long iron second shots into these courses, small greens, undulating. Um, it's going to be great. Look at us both picking the two guys who were outside the top 50 and moved in and it's momentum and momentum plays a huge role at this time of year. Lucas Glover is an amazing example of that with his back-to-back -back wins. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think about him? Do you think that he's going to have enough in the tank to keep going? And, you know, sitting at number four, we're going to see him playing at Eastlake. You know, what's Glover going to achieve over the next two weeks? Well, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine today, and we were talking about this event coming up, and now we went from 70 tour players now to 50 and if you like your crown or your whiskey and soda, there's not much soda left in the glass anymore. Now it's almost all whiskey, meaning there's only 50 really good players left out there. So it's tough for the guys down below to push up against the top, Diane. And that's just natural. I mean, there's players on tour that are better than others. So there's not a lot of whiskey. There's not a lot of soda left in the glass uh, this week up in Illinois, Diane. And there'll be even less. <laughs> get to Atlanta. As we know, we're looking at the top three with Rory, Scotty mm -hmm. Scheffler and John Rahm. Hard to push up through those three guys. Yeah. Well, we're going to see a great course this week, a real tough tester. And we're we, going to see great fans. We need that good course this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know what the, the Chicago sports fans are like? They're going to be out there having a good time and enjoying themselves and it's going to get loud and I can't wait. So I agree with you. Yeah, not the most exciting week in the FedEx Cup playoff format as it stands right now. Next week it's all different because we have everyone on a staggered scoring system to start and we'll give you all the information on that and someone's going to be obviously winning the FedEx Cup next week. But yeah, we're all in on Olympia Fields this week. Enjoy it. 
we're going to be watching to see the small group of guys who can move inside the top 30 or fall out of the top 30 and hopefully it's a good week for all of our picks as well thank you for watching and for listening to the tour report and we will be back next week for the tour championship Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.